Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Hey, good morning. Good morning. If we've not met, my name is Katie. It's so good to be together. And um, I'm one of the pastors here at Gastry. I'm actually a particular kind of pastor. I'm a church planting pastor. So in January, we're going to be um, planting into Christchurch Summerfield. That's in North Edgebaston by Edgebaston Reservoir. I'm sure lots of you during lockdown did many a walk around Edgebaston Reservoir. And so, like, that's not what the talk's about. But if you fancy a chat, if you live that side of the city and are excited about um, local church about meeting people and sharing um, the joy of Jesus with them. Come chat to me afterwards because I love talking about it. So as well as being a, a church planting pastor, I feel like there's something else that you guys need to know about me. I really hate surprises. And the issue is that I'm married to someone who loves surprise birthday parties. And so when I turned 30, he was a bit perplexed, like, hey, what am I even meant to do for you if it's not throw a surprise birthday party? Um, what do you want? What do you want to do? And so I said to him, can we have a month of dinner parties? I know. And he did it. So over five weeks, we had 10 dinner parties. And what he did is he'd tell me the day they were so I could get all dressed up. He'd even sometimes tell me what we were going to eat. He did all the food. He would tell me how many people were coming. But he would keep one thing a secret. Who the guests were. So I'd get myself all dressed up and then the front doorbell would ring. And the other side of the door would be, I don't know, he kept it a secret from me. I'd open the door and I'd find some school friends of mine. Or some local church friends of mine or university friends. I opened the door one time and found a friend from Germany had flown over to spend the weekend with us. Big husband points for sure. He arranged this whole month telling me enough details but keeping one thing a secret. Because some secrets are fun, aren't they? Some secrets are, 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 make things such a good time. But other secrets weigh heavy on us. Some secrets make our, our stomachs churn when we think about them. And sometimes we keep secrets, these sort of bad kind of secrets, out of a misplaced loyalty for other people. Perhaps we want to protect someone that we love. Or sometimes it's out of fear as to what other people how they'll react to us if that secret came out into the open. Sometimes we have a fear that if someone finds out this secret, they won't respect me anymore. They won't love me anymore. They won't want to be friends with me anymore. And so we keep these secrets, these bad secrets inside us. Maya Angelou, in, in her autobiography, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, she, she writes this. There's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. 
Because holding these untold stories, these dark, bad secrets inside us, it hurts. It hurts our ability to form relationships with other people, our family and our friends, because we're hiding something from them. And it stops us from having a full relationship with God because we create a part of our lives that we won't let him any access to. And I don't know what it is that you're bringing today. What story is within you? What unsung song is in your heart? I don't know that. But I do know one thing. God loves you. And like that woman who met Jesus at the well outside the city wall, Jesus sees you. He sees you today as you're sat here, and he sees everything you ever did. And yet he loves you, and he has a plan and a purpose for you this morning. So... Last week, Nick Drake kicked off our summer series on the book of Psalms, and it's titled Soundtrack of the Soul, and he talked about how the Psalms are these songs, and they're the soundtrack to Jesus' life. They were like the songs that were stuck in his head. And so here at Gas Street, summer is not a dial-down sort of time. This summer, we're dialing up as we spend eight weeks going into this book of songs, the book of Psalms, to hear what God has for us. And I, for one, as you can tell, am very excited. So Walter Brueggemann, who's a lot more clever than I am, he describes the Psalms as this. The Psalms is an articulation of all the secrets of the human heart and human community all voiced out loud in speech and in song to God amidst the community. So the Psalms, these songs we find in the Bible, are an articulation of the secrets of our hearts. And I'm guessing that you're here today, you're here this morning, because you want freedom. You want freedom from the anxiety, the anger, the addiction, the, the lust that governs your life, that makes you do things that you don't want to do and stops you from doing the things that you do want to do, that you want freedom today. And what I would say is that they're secret songs in our hearts. And the way that we are free is by bringing those songs, those character traits, those weaknesses, those wounds, those defense mechanisms that we have out of the dark place of our hearts into the light of Jesus, that is when we find freedom. In order to be free from those things, we have to refuse to keep them hidden any longer. We have to bring those secrets into the light so that we're no longer governed by their darkness, but governed by the light and lordship of Jesus. And when we bring them into the light, it's a refusal to be governed by them, but also a refusal to justify them in our own hearts, particularly those defense mechanisms, am I right? Where we justify those character traits in our own hearts and before God. But as we bring them to Jesus, we refuse to justify them and we bring them out of darkness into light. 
Because when we tell our secrets faithfully, there is freedom. And that is what I believe the Psalms help us to do. They help us to tell our secrets faithfully. And what that means is to tell the secrets of our hearts, trusting in the goodness and mercy of God. Not full of justification, but honestly sharing our shortcomings, trusting in his goodness and mercy. Because when we can tell our secrets faithfully and honestly and wholeheartedly, then we can live in the freedom of Jesus. So today we're going to be looking at Psalm 27. If you've got a Bible, get it out. And it's not a super well-known psalm. But I was drawn to it to share from. But earlier this week, I was chatting to my husband, Ed, about this, the party planner, or the dinner party planner. And I was like, this is a hard psalm. This is a hard psalm to speak on. And he's like, oh, did Nick Drake give you that psalm to speak on? I was like, no, I picked it myself. (laughs) And he's like, why would you pick a hard psalm to speak on? And maybe he's right. Maybe I should have picked a more straightforward psalms because some of the psalms are fairly straightforward. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. It's clear what it's about. It's about the Lord being our shepherd and how he shepherds us. It's such a rich psalm to speak on, but Tebo backseed it, so I couldn't do that. I know you got in there early on the email. Psalm 121, the first psalm I ever memorized. My mom here taught it to me. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's a straightforward kind of psalm. The Lord is the creator and he is our help in times of trouble. Psalm 19, the heavens are telling the glory of God and the heavens tell of his mighty work. It's a straightforward psalm about how God created everything and how his law is perfect. Like Maybe I should have picked that one. But I find that while some psalms are quite straightforward, when I go to read the book of Psalms, I find that the majority of them are not straightforward. And I find them hard to read. I find them hard to to read because they're a mix of praise and lament and, and fear and faith all mixed within one psalm, and I don't really know what to do with them. And Psalm 27 is a psalm like that. It's one of those psalms that's a mix. And it makes it tricky to speak on, but you guys are worth it. But there's a beauty in the messiness. There's a beauty in the messiness because I find that Psalm 27 articulates some of the song of my heart. Some of the spiritual patterns I fall into. And I really hope that you guys have the same experience. Otherwise, this whole talk is going to be super awkward as I share my difficult spiritual patterns with you. So Psalm 27 articulates the spiritual pattern of fear and faith. And that's the title of my talk today. Secret Songs, Fear and Faith. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to go through this psalm chunk by chunk. Are you game? Guys, we can stop now. We can go back into worship. That's fine. We're going to go through it chunk by chunk. Are you game? Excellent, friends. So let's open. Let's look at the first section. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. So I would title, for those of you taking notes, I would title this chunk of the psalm, Confident Faith. The psalmist, the person who wrote this song, is declaring his faith that the Lord is his light, which means he will not fear anything or anyone. That he has confidence in the, in the face of threat of an army encamped, threatening to invade. But he also has confidence when those battles turn into wars. The continued threat that he's not dismayed by the length of a conflict. And why? Because the Lord is his light and because of this he will not be afraid. And while these these psalms are songs or poems, I don't think that this is just poetic language, sort of language we can choose to put to one side. Many of us have grown up in a time of peace where the threat of an impending army invasion is not something that we can fully understand. So I'm quite into the Netflix series The Witcher, And so The Witcher is a fantasy drama that follows Geralt, the monster hunter, as um, human armies battle against each other with like wizards and mages thrown in. And while it's a fantasy, seeing, um, seeing the people of Sintra and their fear as their walled city is about to be invaded and how they know the death and destruction and fire that will come with this enemy army has helped me understand this psalm a bit better. Some of us are from countries where we know that threat. We know the threat of Boko Haram. We know the threat of the Taliban and the fear of their invading our village or town and men being killed and women and children being sold off. We know that fear. And I think that this psalmist is not talking poetically. There are Christians all around the world for whom psalms like this articulate the faith that they have in Jesus when they're experiencing an imminent threat. And I wonder what it is today that you fear. How strong does your faith feel today? You may not fear an impending army, but you might be fearing impending financial ruin or the threat of academic failure, failure at work. 
or the seeming inevitable threat of a marriage breakdown? What is it that you fear today? What is the thing that when someone stands up here and talks about God's goodness and faithfulness, that there's like a voice in your head that's like, yeah, but, and you think of that situation that you're in. What I'd say this morning is to pay attention to that voice. I think so often we can push that voice to one side. Good Christians don't have that voice. I'd say pay attention to that voice today. Because that voice is the secret song of fear in your heart. But the psalmist, knowing the reality of warfare, still says, yet I will be confident. And sometimes I can't comprehend this. How in the face of evil can people hold on to the goodness of God? And there'll be some of us here who have had to flee their countries under the threat of violence or political regimes. And you may well have your own reasons for your confidence in God. But can I offer one reason that I think the psalmist is confident? The reason is perspective. That the psalmist knows who is ultimately victorious. He knows who the creator and sustainer and redeemer is. And so he has a perspective because God is his light and his salvation and his strength. And he is the one that is ultimately victorious. And if he's victorious, then who then should he fear? Because God is his light and his salvation. So why is it that we can have confident faith like this psalmist? Well, because we can hide in Jesus. Let's read the second section. One thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above all my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So for those of you taking notes, I think this section is about faithful hiding. So hiding is a natural human reaction. It's the, one of the first games we learn as children, isn't it? Hide and seek. But it's not something that we leave behind in childhood as we grow up. And I'm not just talking about play, playing hide and seek in Ikea, though that is a whole load of fun. I'm talking about a different kind of hiding. So one thing that I like, well, I don't like to do, it's a necessity, is I hide in the bathroom at parties. Because I like a party, but it can get all a little bit overwhelming. And I sort of go a few hours in, and I sit on the side of the bath, and I just take a moment. Now, some of you extroverts are looking at me like, 
I've never done this in my life. What are you talking about? But there's a whole lot of you who are like nodding, yes, bathroom hiders, the lot of you. We hide to protect ourselves. But it's not just at parties that I hide. I hide to protect myself in so many other ways. But what I love is that the book of Psalms gives us permission to hide. Often in the Psalms, it's an image of us hiding like chicks under the wing of a mother hen. In Psalm 91, it says, God will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. In Psalm 57, it says, in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. What this means is that we can hide in Jesus. And what that means for you this morning is that you don't have to be the strong one today. I don't know what burden you're carrying today, perhaps on behalf of your household, perhaps on behalf of your wider family, perhaps on behalf of your wider community. What the Psalms tell us is that we can hide in God that we don't have to be the strong ones today. You don't have to be the strong ones today. And if for you, the image of a mother hen doesn't quite feel stable enough, have a look at verse five. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. So this is an image of the king's tent, the royal pavilion, which when you're camping and you're um, out in battle and, and the army needs to set up camp, the king's tent, the king's pavilion is at the center of the camp. It's the one that is safe, it's, it's surrounded by soldiers. If you're gonna be anywhere in battle, the king's tent is the place to be. And it's the safest place to hide, not out of like fervent energy, but out of the hospitality of the king. We can hide in him. We can hide today in the king's tent. I love these images of being hidden. I love the fact that we can be hidden in Jesus that when God looks at me, he doesn't see my shame and the mistakes that I've made, even though I have made so many. That when I decided to follow Jesus, it means that when God looks at me, he doesn't see my brokenness, but he sees Jesus in his perfection. In Colossians 3, it says, for those who say yes to Jesus, and that might be you today, that might be the decision you need to make today. For those who say yes to Jesus, your life is now hidden with Christ. That you don't have to be the strong one anymore because you can hide in him. So this psalmist talks about confident faith, about faithful hiding. And this next section of the psalm is the hardest, so prepare yourselves. It's, it's the hardest bit, but it's the most important. And let's title this next section, Clinging On. Verse 
We'll read it. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. I think firstly, just feeling really convicted right now by the Lord, that 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 verse 10 is a word for our sisters and brothers here. That for some of you, deciding to follow Jesus has been costly. It has been costly of being rejected by brothers, sisters, parents. But this psalm is for you. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. We pray as your sisters and brothers that you would know the goodness of God today, that you would know him taking you up, that he would father you and mother you in all that you are lacking today and that you would know his goodness and faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. This section of the psalm You guys are so loved and we we are just in awe of how you follow Jesus. That you are teaching us so much as a community of what it means to forsaking all others, be faithful to him. And we pray God's blessing over you today. We, we love you as our sisters and brothers in Christ and pray that you would know his goodness today. In Jesus' name again, we pray that over you. Amen. So this part of the psalm, I would say, sounds the most like my prayers. My heart is saying to seek God, to bring him my hopes and dreams and fears and failures, and yet I'm full of doubts. Some days that doubt is even believing that God exists at all. And even if God did exist... Why would he care about my prayers? Why would he hear my prayers? But the psalmist says this, do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. He is remembering what God has done in the past and is trusting that that same God will be faithful and true and protect him in the future. The message translation puts it like this, and like this really does sound like a lot of my prayers. You've always been right there for me, God. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't turn your back on me now. If this is the kind of prayer that you pray, and today you're here and your faith is barely holding on by a thread, 
that it's only your past encounters with God that is allowing you to carry on. If that's the secret song in your heart, then know that there is no shame here for you. This psalm is held within the Bible that is woven together by the Spirit of God. And it is there for you to be able to faithfully tell that secret song of your heart. That you might faithfully bring God your doubts, clinging onto the light, knowing that you're no longer governed by the darkness of your doubts, but by the light of Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come up. Charles Spurgeon, writing about this psalm, said this. Salvation finds us in the dark, but does not leave us there. Salvation finds us in the dark, but does not leave us there. Salvation finds you today if you are clinging on to your faith by a, by a thread. Salvation finds you today. Perhaps you're here and you're trying to work out if you can even keep up with this whole church thing. If that's you, salvation finds you today. If you're here today and you're, you've been hurt by church and this is your coming back tentatively trying to work out if you can be part of a Christian community again, salvation finds you today. Salvation finds you today if your faith has taken a bashing this last season and God feels distant. If the goodness of God feels hard to believe in, God's salvation finds you today in the darkness that you are in to bring you into the light of Jesus. And perhaps you're here today and you feel surrounded and attack and suffering feels imminent. Or perhaps you, you've had battles that are now turning into wars and you are tired. Salvation finds you today. Perhaps you're here and your prayer is, Jesus, you need to show yourself to me because I'm only clinging on from my previous experiences of you. And I don't know how I'm meant to raise my children in faith when my faith is so weak. If that is your prayer, your secret song today, salvation finds you in that darkness. Salvation finds you in that darkness, but doesn't leave you there. Salvation brings you into the light of Jesus that you might have freedom and know that he is your light and salvation. Salvation finds us in the dark, harboring these secrets, but Jesus doesn't leave us in the darkness. He invites us to take these verses of scripture and allow them to help us share those secret songs of fears and doubts that we have, that we might faithfully share them, that we might not stay in the darkness of our doubt and secret songs, but we might live lives free in Jesus' name. So sisters and brothers, will you stand with me? Let's stand together. Because the psalmist doesn't stay in that place of clinging on. 
My prayer for you is that you would leave today in the same place that the psalmist leaves. He leaves in a place where he can share that secret song of doubt, trusting that the Lord is his light and his salvation. Trusting that God is not going to leave him in that dark place under threat, but will bring him into the light. So let these final words of the psalm wash over you. Let it wash over you and help you faithfully share that secret song that you are holding today. Let it help us honestly articulate our fears and confidence in Jesus as our light and our salvation that we can hide in him that we can cling on to him and that he doesn't leave us in that darkness but will bring us into his light teach me your ways O Lord and lead me on a level path because of my enemies do not give me up to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.